the High Regard Show. It's... It definitely is a second job. I know it is. Well, look at all this stuff I have typed out. And then, like, the printer doesn't work and stuff like that. If we were an employment place, I would have fired the person who's supposed to get the ink. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Good, I quit. (laughs) Check out the High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Happy New Year! Oh, in the grand scheme of New Year's Eve celebrations, here we are again. The day of New Year's, recording our show for you. The very first thing we're doing in 2016 is recording this show. The work never seems to end, does it? No, Tom. You would never let me think that it ever ends for you. (laughs) Because it never ends. The work never ends. It's crazy, but whatever. You haven't left the house in like four days. (laughs) I know, man. What do you expect? It's You know, it's weird because during the regular work schedule, all I want to do is be home. And then when I'm not at work, I just want to be here. Like, I just want to be in the apartment hanging out. It's your safe haven. It is my safe haven. And then there's you who always wants to go out. That's not true, but after being cooped up in here for like a week, it's like I want to just get some fresh air. Oh, my God. I don't even care about air. See, I know the air is going to be there as soon as we go back. Monday morning, I'm going to have to wake up and go to the train. Guess what's going to be there? Air. Air is going to be there. You have an answer for everything, you smart mouth. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm kind of sassy, too, if you want to get down to brass tacks. Sassy. <laughs> sassy Tom. Sassy pants Tom. Whatever. You know, I personally feel like I'm very often overworked. You do, Tom. You work harder than everybody. Well, since that's the case, why don't you take us into this week's You Heard Right Now. <laughs> So speaking of, you know, working hard, this week's You Heard comes to us from Hanover Square, which is a little section near, um, it's between Wall Street and Exchange Place in the Financial District in that weird little web of weird streets down in the financial district and these two guys were like dressed up in like you know like what you'd expect to see on wall street types like suits and stuff but they were just like bitching about their jobs and they were Who walking was? these two guys i just said oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you know them i didn't know them all right go on and they were bitching about their jobs as people do on their lunchtime when you you know take a break with your with a friend or something, and the guy goes, "Man, I'd rather work at a friggin' McDonald's." A guy in a suit. 
a guy in a suit, a guy like who looked like a Wall Street type, but he could have been anything because there's like so many different businesses down there. But he was dressed up and he's just like, man, I'd rather work at a friggin McDonald's. And it's like, you know what, man? I get you. I get where you're at. You don't. I do, because sometimes I... I remember being really, really happy at my first job. And for a lot of people, McDonald's or places like that are are people's first jobs. You know, out of high school and stuff. And my first job, man, I loved my first job. No. What was it? A grocery store. No. You would not want to work in a grocery store today. I'm just saying, like... Because working at a place like that, you're probably just like... Mindless. Mindless, and you have no, like, res- broke. Not, like, res- broke, yes. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> so you want to be a slacker. I do. I want to go back to being, like, a teenage slacker. And that's a good place to end this week's You Heard. <laughs> So, my other slack of friends out there listening at the moment, <laughs> with Nikki as your fearless leader, self-proclaimed king of nothing, um, in case you haven't figured it out, this week's show is about employment. Employment. The thing that we all love to hate. Our necessary evil. It really is. I mean, I'm lucky because this year I'm in a place where I finally like... My job, where in years past, that wasn't always the case. In most years past, it was the one thing that I wanted to change come every New Year's, along with a lot of other people. It's a definitely a high up there resolution to be like, this new year, I'm getting a new job. Mm-hmm. I, I The same last year. I remember like, man, this is going to be the year that I'm going to find the job that's perfect for me, that is going to teach me something new and going to like make me, take me to the next level of my career. And... Ten months went by before I found that job. Well, you found that job. I found it. So, you know, I was always one of those people that start off like I love making lists. Like I absolutely love making things and crossing things off. So I always for years made resolutions. And this is the first year that I haven't written anything down and I haven't promised anything because like one of the major things is always like lose weight, eat better, blah, blah, blah. And that like, you know, that'll be never going to work. That'll be out the window the second we open Seamless tonight. <laughs> so. Just a few more hours, actually. <laughs> I feel we're coming up to Seamless we time. Are. It's, it's been a couple, it's been like a day or so since we've like visited our friend Seamless. So. It's been literally a day. A day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's scary. <laughs> eh, whatever, man. At least we're eating, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> But without a job, you wouldn't be able to. No, no. Because so, a job, you need a job to live, unfortunately. That's it. And, you know, it's weird because I feel like maybe it's the seasonal stress or the fact that there's more jobs now available out there than, you know, ever because before. Of new budgets because of yeah. budgets are coming out, yeah. Like, you could want a new job all year long, and then January, you go online, and then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of jobs in front of you. You're like, now's the time to make the move. And plus, I think, like, too, in January, like, you're noticing more jobs, because, like, you're, like, it's just that simple thing of switching the calendars, where, like, oh, my God, like, you're so bogged down. Like, as the year goes on, like, you've got all those months behind you, like, just kind of, like, bogging you down like oh it was this it was that it was this and then like the end of the year comes and it's like oh you've got all these deadlines or you know we've got these things these numbers we have to meet for things so it's like very stressful and then you have to deal with the christmas shopping and the family time and the 
prepping for the holidays and things like that. And especially if, you know, in years past, like we travel, like that takes a huge chunk of time out of us. So you start that new year fresh and you're like, almost like a little bit like invigorated to like search for a job. Like I'm going to write a really good resume. I'm going to write a really eye popping cover letter. (laughs) You're going to make that superhero move while you're doing it. I am. (laughs) Like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just think that like, you know, January, there's just so much promise. I mean, and then by the end of January, you're just like, fuck this year, just like last year. But like the first couple weeks of January are just like, yeah, let's do it. But isn't it strange that everybody goes out looking for jobs at the same time and then a majority of people get upset when they don't find the job that they want? I feel like if you're going to make a change, there's no bad time to make a change. Like as soon as you think like it's time for me to start looking, that should be the time that you start looking rather than waiting. Yeah, yeah. But most people like going, ah, I'm going to hold it out. Maybe it's for a Christmas bonus if Mm -hmm. your company gives one or maybe it's just because we get so, you know – just settled in our ways when it comes to like our daily routine yeah. that we're like fuck it we're not going to change and then when people get really really stressed out around the holidays they're like now's the time to make that move yeah i mean i had a thought and then it just went out of my head oh that doesn't happen very often <laughs> <laughs> wait it was really good thought all right well you take wait, a moment for yourself we were talking about yes oh, jobs God. oh yeah like just job searching is so <laughs> Like, I would honestly rather search for an apartment than search for a job because I just find, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely would rather look for an apartment than look for a job because job search is so demeaning. Like it, it, it can be, I mean, maybe it's just for me, you know, but like, I'm just thinking of like the jobs that I've applied for in the past, the countless projects that I've had to do just to get to an interview or once you had that interview, do this project and then you never hear from people again. That's a common practice though. But without a job, you're not going to find an apartment. I understand that, but I'm just saying like the search, like, you know, is, is rough. I don't know, man. Well, here's, here's the other thing about jobs. When you're, when you're looking for an apartment, it's based on your income and stuff like that. Sure. Right? So let's say you have a job and you're like, I could totally afford that apartment. Once you get into that apartment, it's your apartment. Mm-hmm. But the jobs, I feel like you're never safe because it's not like it was years ago where you would get like a job at a major corporation and then be like, I'm set. I'm In 20 stay years forever. from now, yeah. I retire. Yeah. I get my gold watch. I'm out. These days, like seriously, I know right now. Thank God that I'm not in jeopardy of losing my job anytime soon. That's us knocking on wood. This isn't like the neighbors or the police knocking on our door. (laughs) But, you know, in that same respect, I know every day I could walk in and it really could be the last day. Because you never know anymore. No, you don't. And they would never tell you like, hey, this is coming down the pipe. One time. One time I had a boss tell me, layoffs are coming, go look for something else. Mm-hmm. And he, to, to this day, he is my favorite boss because of that honesty that he always had. Like, it was never like a thing where I'm going to candy coat this for you. He wasn't yeah. a jerk about it. He was just like, listen, here's the deal. We're having layoffs. You could take a pay cut or you could be laid off. What do you want to do? Because he was making up his budget, so he knew what to present. Right. And it was like, I'll take a pay cut. And then... You know, a year later, he was like, all right, listen, I'm leaving this job because (laughs) 
there's nowhere else to cut. They're going to lay people off. So I am going Tap to go somewhere else. You're more than welcome to come along with me if you want. Or you should start looking for another job, like, right now. Right, because the writing was on the wall, and it might not have happened after he left, but, like, it was coming down the pike, yeah. Definitely. So, with that with that in mind, it's kind of like every day is panic mode. But most bosses won't tell you, hey, start looking, because things are going bad. Yeah. They'll just be like, all right, you know, business as usual, and then one day they'll come in, and they'll be like, if I call your name, group A, walk to this room, and group B, walk to this room. Mm-hmm. One of them gets to stay. The other one doesn't. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> but but that's... we went through that, too. At, like, a job that I was at for, like, nine years. Every December, like, you would see. And, like, you would actually see it happen where, like, the paper boxes weren't getting tossed out. Because you knew that, like, everybody was just like, well, we might as well keep these because, like, it's Thanksgiving time. And the next four weeks... You know, we usually, they did layoffs, I think, four years in a row the week between Christmas, or, like, the week before Christmas. So, like, you know, we knew. And, like, I remember, like, I had just started in this one department, like, my last department at the job where I spent, like, the last five years. I remember it was my first week, and I had just moved into this department, like, right before Christmas. It was, like, mid-December. And you saw the boxes, like, coming. And, like, I just remember it being, like, super surreal, almost like a movie scene. And, like, you didn't look at anybody. You were just, like, the bosses just came. And, like, we had, like, the cubby walls that were, like, almost as high. Like, you could peek over them, but they were, like, higher walls. And you could just see the bosses. And, like, they came into, like, the little cubicle area. And they just had it. And they put it on somebody's desk and then took that person into the little room and gave them their pink slip. And it was, like, oh, my God. And you knew that there were, like, four boxes over on the floor over there. So there's four people. And, like, you had no idea who it was going to be. And I was like, I'm new. Oh, my God. Like, what? I just got an apartment based on, like, what I'm going to be making in this department. And, like, fuck. But I was so new that this person ended up going before me. So. Yeah, but th- see, that's the that's other thing, thing, too, yeah. though, is that, like, when you look for an apartment, though, it but, could always be out of money. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm just saying, like, I would rather search for an apartment, which is, ha- like, well, or a house or whatever. Like, I'd rather go through that whole thing then have to look for a new job. Like, not. I'm not saying, like, I'm just saying, like, search for search. That's what I would choose. Like, job search is horrible. I think they both suck. Oh, my God. I love looking for an apartment. I don't look at one now. Especially when it's empty no. and, like, you could see yours. Like, you could just imagine. Like, I love watching HGTV, like, House Hunters and stuff like that. Like, I love that. Maybe that's what you should do for a job in your future careers. You know, I always wanted to be an interior designer. You got to go to school. I know. I know. But my mom was always, like, into, like, doing stuff. Like, she loved working in the yard. So did my brother. I mean, my dad, not so much. But, like, my mom and my brother would always be out there, like, doing, like, work in the yard. And it was like, ugh, that's awful. But I'm like, so, but they were always, she was always painting something and everything. So whenever we, like, we spent a lot of time at Lowe's. Like, a lot of time. So every time we'd go to a place like that, I would grab, like, every paint swab, every, like, book about paint, or, like, just blinds and like so I had this little like briefcase this like shitty little briefcase that I had all my like color patches in and I'm like I'm gonna be an interior designer you'd have to upgrade to an iPad too people don't use briefcases no well, more. when's the last time you saw a briefcase on a subway huh. <laughs> <laughs> and this was also even in, executives like, are using backpacks now it's ridiculous this was also in like the mid 80s so like there were no <laughs> oh, iPads like right. Steve Jobs was like was he even a 
thing. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a thing back then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But still, like, it wasn't something that like I could relate to. Like, nobody that I knew back then had a computer or anything like that. So forgive me. All right, whatever. I'm just saying Shit. you're gonna have to like definitely update your game if you want to <laughs> go into interior decorating. Yeah, I'm just gonna switch. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna go in and. Oh, People yeah, have done what? it. People have done it. I almost did it. You would be very good at it. Not interior decorating. Because that would be like the same field. Design, design, creative, creative. It wouldn't be totally different. Like I almost went and became a correction officer. Remember that time? I do remember that time. When I went on that game show for a job. <laughs> you did go on a game show for a job. And this is how ridiculous our <laughs> culture has become. Like we are so desperate for like employment, like lasting employment, that there was a time where I actually went on a game show for a job. And the way it worked out was I applied for a job at an agency that I very much wanted very, to work to. Very, very respected agency that like that was basically the agency that made you want to be what you are today. <laughs> it is exactly the agency that made me because in college we took a field trip to this agency and up until that point I wasn't really sure I wanted to be in advertising. I wanted to be an illustrator. I mm-hmm. really wanted but I in comparison to everybody else I was just not good and it's not my style was different or anything else there are just certain things that illustrators can do that non-illustrators can't I am one of those people who Mm -hmm. are on the can't side and the school recommended that I go into advertising which I said I'll give it a shot and for the first couple of months I was like this is the stupidest field in the (laughs) entire world like there's nothing to this field that's redeeming it's basically just lying to people for a living it really is and (laughs) as i've taken one advertising class this past semester like it is and it's like so hard to believe that like it's basically a bullshit industry it is who is gonna best bullshit you but you know what man it's the industry that dictates every fucking thing that you do it really is it really is. and So, I'm sorry, yes. No, so, no, it's okay. And going on the field trip to this place and seeing, like, how that works and, like, just, you know, not not even so much the typical agency stuff that you would see. Like, you know, the foosball tables and the pool tables mm-hmm. and, like, the ping pong table. Like, not even that so much. Because back then that all seemed cool. Today, I know that scam behind that is, yeah, we have all these cool shit, so you never, ever leave the you, office. You never leave, yeah, no. <laughs> like, you no. come in at nine, and you're here until at least nine, if you're lucky. And that's the downside of, like, per- like that is definitely the downside of, like, workplace perks. But I don't mind, because this is the first time in my life that I've actually had workplace perks that were pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> like, the perks that I would get would be, like... Oh, you get to, like, take the half day before, like, Thanksgiving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we never got, like, if you got food, it was like, here's one half of a sandwich for you. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. We had an omelet station come into another agency I worked at at one point in time. Just as, like, you know, good job, you know, last week. And then, like, this omelet station comes in. But everybody had to be in at 7 o'clock in the morning for it. And then the omelet station was gone by eight. So now you're starting work an hour early. Nobody saw through that scam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this agency changed my whole perspective about agencies, the one that I like visited in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, after seeing like how an agency actually works, this is the field that I want to go into. Like, undoubtedly. It was a life changer. And um, all I wanted to do was one day get hired by that agency. So I worked for a bunch of other agencies, and I worked for a bunch of different magazines and publications over the years. And um, 
just trying to build a portfolio to get to this particular place. So flash forward, like 22 years have gone by and every year I applied to this agency, Mm -hmm. like literally every single year. And oddly enough, it was always in either January or February. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and the reason for that was, is I knew they had their money freed up because that's just the way the budget time comes through. And as a birthday present to myself every year or right around there, or before that, I would say, I'm sending out a resume. Right. Because no matter where I was, it wasn't this place. So imagine my surprise when I get a voicemail from a woman from this agency saying, hey, man, hey we're man. looking for an art director in this agency. We got your resume. Which one? Who knows? It could have been <laughs> one of 22 over the years. But we got your resume. We have it on file. And we want to have you come in. But there's like a little weird thing about the interview process we just want to go over it with you before you know we have you like talk to anybody right so they tell me over the phone when i get back in touch with this woman that they are going to instead of do a regular process of um interviewing because the regular process isn't horrific enough no it's not they were gonna have a game show made up of it and it was like this game show called The Job. I could say that because I feel like it's long, long off the air, the air now. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you do these different things through this agency, work with the people there, do projects. And at the end of it, they have six contestants. One of them is going to be offered a job. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm going to at least go to the first one and see if I make the cut. So sure. they invite like 20 people. Mm-hmm. To the first one, and they hold things on camera, and we all do our interview process. And after the interview process, did is they over, do like hair and makeup and stuff like that, or you were just like you? Um, they did a little bit of makeup because of the cameras and right. stuff like that. Not so much hair, and and it was very informal the first one. Mm-hmm. So I went in. I was in suit, you know, like a regular full suit. I had my portfolio. I had a digital portfolio, a print portfolio. Like I was ready to yeah. go. Yeah. Oh man. my gosh, I remember leading up to that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going in there to kill it. And then and I wait, walked wait, in. you had to do an audition tape for it too. I had to do an you audition do- <laughs> tape. And I remember and I remember um I had my daughter do the camera work and for whatever reason she could not pick up on the fact that you couldn't put your finger over the microphone. And we still to this day say that. It's been like four years and like we still and like if you remember what we talk about, like the pre-show tantrums. This was like a point of we're going to need to like separate. Like we're going to need to divide <laughs> the assets. Like we're going to need to just because this. It was a full meltdown. It was a total. And I mean, and we got it. The rest of the family got it because this was like this was a life dream. Like this was a dream chance for you and like granted it was kind of fucked up that like what you had to go through Mm. but i will never forget standing in the hallway of our pennsylvania apartment with the green sheet behind you and you going no one's going to be able to hear it if your fingers over the microphone (laughs) (laughs) and meanwhile i'm in i'm laying on our bed with your son and we have our pillows we have pillows in our mouth because we are trying not to laugh because it was like who's gonna hold the camera and kyle and i just like slunked into the bedroom and we're like nope <laughs> and tyler's like i'll do it because she was like 
dumb so and young. young. She was dumb and young, and we're just like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, she definitely drew the short straw. She had no idea what <laughs> was coming. she jumped on the chance. Well, that's it. And that's she what you is, get. And she is my little artist now since then, so it all works out. It does all work out. <laughs> but I think that... You have to go to the backstory of that, which was at the time I was working at a pharmaceutical company in the basement. And at the time, there was a group of three of us who were hired to take the jobs of like 12 people. Who had been there for like 30 years. Yes. I think the lowest person was there for 22 years because they were amongst, I feel like that last age group of we're going to get hired and we're going to stay here until we retire. And they just got just totally blindsided yeah and and when we got hired we weren't told we were taking that places we were just told hey we're this for the art department of this Mm -hmm. company you know and then we got there and they're like we're putting you in a bunker like a real five stories underground wasn't it It was three stories underground but it was a real live bunker in case the building was ever attacked we would have been totally safe underground which is cool until there was the earthquake that time and you couldn't get out (laughs) and we could feel the ground moving because we were so far underground and the top of the building was swaying and it was it was like we felt it worse because we were underground yeah but um you know i was just like god damn man i'm buried basically in a tomb underground I was hired to take jobs away from these people who've been there for years. So I'm like walking in as the enemy. And my only way out of it is to now be on a game show and rely on like my eight-year-old to record a videotape good enough to get me an interview. Like like the whole world was upside down This back then. was what we like to call... <laughs> black year like this was like this was like 2011 like the year that nobody remembers anything from like no because there's no good came it was from a it. horrible year no yeah. good came from it so you know flash forward to this game show <laughs> yeah so flash forward now i'm i'm in the lobby i got my print portfolio i got my digital portfolio i look around the room and i was at the time i guess just under the age of 40 like probably like 38 39 no how old was i Dude, I met you when you were like over forty. Who the hell knows, man? You were like forty-two. Like, let's say let's let's call it forty-two. Let's call it forty-two. The oldest person next to me <laughs> was, I believe, like twenty-six, maybe. I'm really thinking it was twenty-four, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they I were think 26. it was twenty-six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is freaking crazy because I'm the oldest person, but in the same respect. I have to have like at least, you know, eight to 10 years experience on the majority of the people that I'm going against for the job. So how do I not get it? Right. Right. And you're going to work that much harder. And I'm going to work that much harder. And and I'm already like trained. Like I'm not going to wet the floor like one of these young pups. So we go in for the interview (laughs) and they ask me the questions or whatever. And I leave that night and I remember coming out and being like, I'm out. Like, they're never going to pick me because I'm too old for it. I'm like, it was very flattering that I got picked, but I'm not making it past this. And then at midnight, I get a phone call saying, you know, tomorrow at 9 o'clock, be back in the city for, you know, the taping of day one. And I was like, holy shit, I made a cut. And then I go there and I see, like, the other five people I'm against. That night, they eliminate one immediately. Mm-hmm. And then as the tasks go on, they keep everybody until they have 
to Stage Day, where we all come out on stage and they show all of our past projects and what we've done. Now, I'm, and this was like the span of like a week, right? It was a full week. Yeah. We had to stay there. Like they like and there sequestered was no contact. Yeah, like there was no contact. <laughs> we had beautiful hotel rooms though. Like they gave us some really really nice mm-hmm. hotel rooms and they fed us. But the majority of the day was on the go. Like it was like you might as well be working for an agency at this point in time. Right. We, nobody was getting paid shit, but. They would like give these project ideas that they would want to do, like outdoor campaigns, digital campaigns, and whatnot. And we'd come up with ideas very quickly and right, just like a real, yeah, like a real agency. And I know because I do talk to everybody, and I talk to the other five people, and I knew what they were doing. They were like saying stuff like, "Oh, we had to like come up with ads for you know a particular product," and. I'd be like, how many did you guys come up with? And they'd be like, 12, 16, 14. Me, 32. And I'm like going, so I'm doubling your best. If you add up almost all of yours at the end of the day, I have as many of you (laughs) alone. And I'm like going, I went in there so confident. Not not cocky. Not cocky, no. Because you were like getting praise from the people at this agency too, like who were looking at your projects and stuff. So like And all the people involved in the production of the show. Mm-hmm. So they were all like going, dude, like this is going to be great for you because it's what you always wanted and this is the best backstory we could possibly come up with because you know, here's a guy who applied to this agency every single year for the past 22 years. <laughs> And now you're on a game show, and you're going to get your hire in front of a national audience. Because this was a big deal. It was it like, was a big deal. It was prime yeah. time on like a channel major, two, major major network. Yeah, it was CBS. I thought it was NBC. <laughs> this whole time I thought it was NBC. I think it was CBS. Okay, but what? still a major but major whatever. network. Yeah. Whoever bought it at the time would have been good. And I remember they were doing Glamour magazine was the other one mm-hmm. that wasn't us. And those were all the fashion people. But they somehow, I don't know, man, the fashion people were just a train wreck for whatever reason. They were getting hollered at for the most ridiculous things, like for wearing, like, uh, you know, the, the not the right necklace on right. stage, not the right earrings on stage. Like, they were just tearing well, into them to for, for such brutal. personal shit where yeah. it was like, oh, and that's not really judging the work, but, but I get it. That's fashion. That's, what, I, that's I what fashion does. I get it, but to a point where it's kind of like, well, what are you doing? If you're writing about fashion, you're behind the pen. No one's ever going to see you. So why can't you be rated on your quality of work as opposed to what you're wearing on stage that night? Because, just to let you know, the producers were picking out the clothes mm-hmm. for the people who were going on stage. So you really can't fault them because they were wearing the wrong necklace because that was picked out for them. Right. And if I may interject. Yes. At the same time, he and I were not in contact for like this entire week because he was like, this was so top secret. <laughs> but I get a call from one of the producers and it's like, hey, you were listed as like the significant other of one of our contestants. We'd like you to come in. So we're like, okay. Then she's like, can you please pick out your three favorite outfits and send me a picture? So I'm in Pennsylvania. This girl is in New York dealing with like this show at the same time. And then going through and saying like, okay, take the teal dress with the black sweater and the black boots. And then this, and like, that's what you're going to wear because you're going to come to the taping. And I was like, oh, my God, really? They put me up in a separate hotel 
right next to the Scientology Center. Thank you very much in New York. In case you wanted to switch. In case you, right. Switch teams. <laughs> in case I did. Which was a rip. But like my hotel was like super nice. Like it was a really, really nice hotel. And it was like two blocks away from like where the studio was and everything. And they went, and, like, I went there. They're like, okay, you have to be here at a certain time. And then they put us through, like, hair and makeup. The girl fucked my hair up so bad. And the makeup, like, the amount of they makeup. They put a lot of makeup that on. they have to put on for TV. <laughs> like, I've been on, like, TV appearances, like, in local TV and stuff. But, like, never to the extent. I My face was just, like, like, it felt like. It's, death- like, paste. It felt like death becomes her. Like remember, like at the like when they start to like go and their face is like cracking. Like every time I smiled, like I felt like my face was like cracking. Like it was. It's literally it's cake. When it's they say disgu- it's caked on, yeah, they pan- really mean yeah, it's, it's caked disgusting. on. Disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was nuts. So we're so I'm sitting in the back, like with the other family, and like there was like somebody's dad, and then there was like a girlfriend, a boyfriend, and then like a par- like another parent or something, and like we're all in this room where like we just got made up, and we're sitting on these like metal folding chairs, and we have no idea what's going on because we're not allowed to watch anything that's happening. And they're like, okay, like you're gonna get to go outside, you're gonna get to go out there, you're gonna like everybody was told that they're gonna get to go out there, so we're just like, oh my god, I can't wait to see how he's doing, and blah 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 blah, and like. <laughs> Oh my god! And then like it just got to be like, what's happening? Yeah, what was happening wasn't necessarily good <laughs> <laughs> because it's the day of the show, and they made the set. We saw the set the night before, like when the set was finally completed, because they didn't want us to come out there and be in shock, and they wanted to give us our places to stand and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A run through. So we go, and yeah, it was called full dress rehearsal. So we go there and. We go out onto the stage area, and first of all, it was mind-blowing, because it was, like, so surreal. Because, you know, everybody else is there because they want to be on the TV show. I'm there because I want the job. Mm-hmm. Like, right, I, yeah. I just, I'm, like, going, yeah, it's cool. And they're all, like, talking about the cameras and the lights and the stage. Because this like, was, like, the at the height of, like... Mad Men. Not just Mad Men, but, like, it was... <laughs> No, like it was all because like Mad Men had been on for like a bunch but of years by then. Everybody was seduced by it. Everybody right. was talking about it the whole but show. But this was also like when reality TV and like stardom from that was really at its height, like 2011. Like, like just imagine like that's where like the kind of like the Kardashians were just starting to take over the fucking world and everything. Like, so everybody was like, I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to be famous too. Yeah, and these kids were young, man, so they didn't really know what the focus was. They didn't know what the focus was, the job, or the the focus was the show. And you could get caught up in it because after a while, it's, you know, you're kind of doing stuff that you wouldn't ever do in an interview because you're trying to make a good show. And it's kind of like, well, this isn't really projecting what we are whatsoever. Did they they lead you to be like, no, why don't you say it this way or like? Oh, yeah. And there were many, many times where we would do like the private like Mm -hmm. one-on-ones. Like, so you would have. Confessional? Yeah. So the producer would be like, all right, talk about, you know, this aspect of whatever thing we worked on today. And then I would say it and they'd be like, that was good. But don't forget. Your character is like the hardworking dad. Like, that's what you want to go for. And I was like, dude, I'm not a character. I'm just a guy who wants a job. Like, I don't want to play a character. And to the point where they were coming into our rooms in the morning time and picking out clothes that we would wear Mm -hmm. so that we would be able to keep the persona of whatever they were trying to build. 
So they were like going, you know, like you're going to be like the cool hip dad. So you're going to wear jeans and button down T-shirts and that's it. Untucked and that's what it's going to be. If it was me and I was going on a job interview, it would be a suit. Mm-hmm. It would always, always 100% a suit, yeah. be a suit. It would be a tie. And they're like, oh, no, the tie's not, you know, the tie's maybe too restrictive. Like, you want to be like the cool hip dad. Meanwhile, it was like going, you don't see my kids at any point on this show. No one's going to, like, make the Assumption, correlation yeah. that I'm a dad. They're just going to think that I'm an old guy trying to, like, dress down on an interview. Like, I don't look professional. I don't feel comfortable throughout the entire process. Right. So we're out there, we see the stage the first time, we go back that night, and I remember we had to do karaoke, like they made us go and do karaoke and something else, and I'm like, I'm not going up and singing karaoke, and they're like, we gotta get everybody on tape, I'm like, I'm not doing it, I'm like, oh, there's no way you're gonna tell me that standing up there and doing karaoke has any, like, benefit to me getting a job at an agency, give me a fucking break, dude, so I didn't do karaoke that night. We all went back to our hotel rooms, and I remember being up all night, like, panicked out, like, who knows what's going to wind up happening tomorrow, because all I want is this job. I don't care about anything else. And the next day, going to the lobby, and they were like, oh, one of the contestants were sent home last night. We needed to get it down to five. So at the last minute, they cut him. And it was like, holy crap, really? And I know that this kid was really into the job as well, because some of them were, some of them weren't. And, yeah, you some know, of them wanted to be famous. Like and, they thought that this was going to be their big break. Right, and some of them. It's weird because some, two of the people that were on the show were actually in college at the time, and they were applying for an art director position, which always bothered me because I'm like, oh, and that's a title that should just be left. And like that is like the coveted title that you like, go that's for what when you, you work... graduate from an art school. Yeah, like that's the that's what you wait. Like you you put your 15 years in. To get a real art director job. Yeah, to get that. Like, you don't just walk out. And, like, that is a thing that, like, so many people have art director, creative director. Like, Yeah, it don't mean anything anymore. No, it doesn't. It's like, I worked with a guy who had a creative director title, and it was like, what is it that you do? Because, like, that title, like, I have to fight to get covers from you. I have to fight to get, like, mock-ups from you like no that is part of your job like that person was a designer at best i know who you're talking about designer at best i mean there's a lot more responsibility that comes with it and that responsibility comes from experience like you need to have the experience to move into that role right and that like this had been his first design job he never had a design job before and that was these girls man these people that i was going against they were you know they were finishing their senior year in college and now all of a sudden they're going for an art director title. It's like under what experience are you bringing to the table to like, you know, one of the world's biggest agencies? Yeah. Like you're going to walk in there and you're going to go amongst people who built like these huge billion dollar campaigns over the years. That you still talk about doesn't like decades <laughs> later. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be like going, hey, everybody, I'm equal now. <laughs> with your drawn on notebooks with your band stickers on it and shit it's like really so that was a little bit disturbing but like I said the job was the goal so get out there we do our interview thing that night we see the stage go back to our rooms everybody's in a panic where you know after karaoke I think everybody went the next morning wake up that guy's now gone who who you know was right. doing karaoke with us so we're down to five and it's kind of like alright well they started making the cuts already Whatever. Let's see what happens. We go on the show, and they start showing projects, and the person who's supposed to get cut first was kind of a surprise. Like, when they cut the first guy, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of a surprise. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's time for the next thing, and I'm like, oh, my God, man. I'm like, I killed on the next project, so I'm not worried about that. So everything's fine with that. Like, I make it through easily, and we get to talk to the crowd and stuff as we go along and Mm -hmm. stuff. And it was awesome because I was – this is not me being a dick, but I really was winning the crowd over. Like, I was up there, and I felt like I was connecting with them Mm -hmm. because the majority of the people that were in the crowd – we're like over the age of 30. So sitting in there and talking to these people, I was the only person they could relate to. Right. Because I was their age. So they were kind of rooting for me. And I felt it. And it was like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, I got, like, fans. And I remember, like, as we're sitting there, because for whatever reason, we weren't taken to, because, like, I thought from what they had said was, like, you're going to be taken in and you're going to be able to be in the studio audience. But then, like, that didn't happen. Mm. And then I was like, okay. And then they're like, well, yeah, we're going to let you, like, watch it. And then that didn't happen either. So we're in this room, like, just staring at each other because there's mirrors all over because it was, like, a dressing room. And I remember they came in and they were like oh my gosh, like, Tom, just like, he's doing so well, like, for the crowd and stuff. And I'm like, of course he is. Like, he is a talker and he loves people. I'm like, so, like, I'm not like, like, of course he's doing well with the crowd. Give the man a stage. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Give him his own show, CBS. <laughs> well, we got down to the final three. And I know that the girl standing next to me was a complete fuck up. And I couldn't even believe she made it to the final three. I really thought she'd be out first. And I was just like, I'm done, man. I'm set. I'm like, I'm going all the way. And the weird thing was during that show, not only was the agency hiring, but there was also two other companies hiring as well. And the way they made it was like with the final three is they could fight and they can, you know, like another company can be like, I want to steal you away from the agency. Mm -hmm. You have to make your decision before they give you their answer and whatever. So I'm like, either way, I'm locked into like one of these three jobs, no matter what. I'm like, I only want one. I can care less about the other two sure. still to this day. And um, <laughs> I don't use their products. You'll get bent. So <laughs> no hard feelings. <laughs> no hard feelings. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so I go over and I'm, and I'm like going, all right. I'm like, we made it through the commercial break or whatever. And we come back and all this. And, and this was taped. But they tell us when the break's going to happen. Mm-hmm. When they happen, they change lighting, camera angles and shit like that especially as, like, the stage got smaller. Mm -hmm. So they come back from what was supposed to be the break, and to my surprise, the person in charge of the agency, which was a huge deal, like, because it was the person in Mm -hmm. charge of worldwide operations was on stage. The Don Draper, one could say, or the... If you like that that sort of shit. that guy that sat up in the thing, that sat up in the office. Yeah, the high tower. Yeah. The high castle, whatever it is. (laughs) I don't know who it is. No, no, no. I could just picture him. <laughs> but he was just like, oh, and he goes, you know, he goes, I just want to say that he goes, I saw the work from Tom Rorty and I, and everybody's like, yay. And I'm like, oh, boy, they're talking about me. And he goes <laughs> and says, and I was very impressed by it. And then all of a sudden he stopped and he put his hand over his microphone and the guy who I was working with, like the creative director who we were assigned to at the mm-hmm. agency, he was whispering back and forth with him. And you could tell it started to get kind of heated. And I was like, what is going on? And why did they mention my name and then stop completely? So now I'm like in a little bit of a panic. And I was just hoping they would just be like, oh, no, on with the show. But instead, <laughs> the guy who I was the creative director right, just sits with. back. He crosses his arms and he just looks pissed. 
And I was just like, oh, shit, what happened? And then the guy who's in charge of the agency took his hand off his microphone and he was like, Tom, he goes and says, you know, he goes, you have a lot of people out here supporting you tonight. And he goes and says, you've done great work. He goes, everything we saw up there so far has been great. And my best stuff wasn't even up there yet because right. we had to do this ad campaign, which I kicked ass you on. You did, you did. And um, he goes and says, and he goes, I know like you did like really good in your projects and he goes and says we really appreciate it he goes my god he goes let's check out some highlights and they showed like this little highlight reel of me working doing different things and i'm like there's no way this can end bad i'm like (laughs) everything up there is good right and then they get done showing it and everybody's cheering and he goes and he says tom he goes i think you're gonna make an awesome employee for an agency but it's not gonna be ours and the whole crowd gasped and i was like what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and even the girl next to me, the one who I thought was going to not get the job, she like kind of grabbed my hand and then hugged me and was like, I can't believe it was you and not me. She goes, I thought I would have been out the first person to go. And my only response to that was, I thought you was going to be the first person <laughs> to go to because I was in shock. I wasn't being a dick. Right, I was like, yeah. what the hell just happened? I'm like, I've waited for 22 years to get to this place. This is my one shot. And this is like how it comes to an end. And they're like going, we think you're going to go really far in the business, whatever. You know, the same bullshit you have from everybody. Yeah. And then you leave. And as when you exit, you had to walk through the crowd, which was just like, I don't want to be around anybody. I just want to go off stage right now because I just found out that like my future aspirations in advertising are done. And this was probably, this is probably a good time in the story to take a breath. No, besides take a breath, but to let the listeners know that prior to you going on the show, you worked at this pharmaceutical company. Yes. But you didn't have any vacation time. You didn't have any sick time. So <laughs> you basically... Quit. You basically quit to go on the show. Right. So at this point, mind frame of mind was in the negative thousands. <laughs> frame of mind for both of us. We're in like the what the fuck just happened. <laughs> well, it's weird because now you find yourself unemployed broke and your future is so uncertain because you're like the one thing that i thought i could do good and that i've been priming my literally priming myself for since graduation Mm -hmm. was this job it's gone now and i know that that was my one shot to get in there's not going to be another shot like i worked with them like like it's like here's my work ethic here's what i can bring to the table it was almost like a perfect like it was almost like a perfect trial run. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Because like you did get inside the doors. Yeah. And it was just, and every day I'd wake up and be like, I hope we're going back to the agency today and not doing something on the street. Because being there was just like, it was like being like electrified. Like you just felt that current going through you. It was the most creative thing ever. So you walk through the crowd and everybody in the crowd starts coming out of their seats and like putting their arms around me and hugging me and giving me high fives. And I'm just like, what did I do wrong? Like, they dig me, right? <laughs> and I walk through the doors, and the producer of the show is standing on the other side of the door, and she is crying, like outright sobbing crying. And I go, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and she goes, I can't believe you didn't get it. She goes, I cannot believe you didn't get it. And she goes and says, I'm completely heartbroken for you. And she's trying to, I'm trying to follow her up the stairs as she's crying up the stairs. And I'm just like, whatever, man. It's over. It's done. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. 
So we get up there and they open up the doors to like the third floor, which is above the stage and stuff like that, closer to like the waiting room where you were and everything. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of hear the crowd a little bit, but not well, only when something spectacular happened, they'd be clapping and stuff like that. It was dead silent. And I, the elevator doors open up. And um, as soon as they do, all the camera crew was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't make it. And, like, they're all coming over and giving me hugs and high fives and stuff. And they say. This was the camera crew that were like had been following you around all week? Well, what the camera crew that had been following me around all week was upstairs. There also was, like, I guess part of the production team was up there where they were watching it from monitors and, like, mm-hmm. doing stuff. And they actually were at commercial breaks. So they, like, got up and they, like, hugged me and stuff like that. And then the producer was like. I'm sorry, but we got to, like, make room up here and make sure that it's clear. So if you just go stand on the other side of that door, we'll be with you as time goes, you know, as we wrap up the show. So I open up this door, and I go outside, and I close it. And it's a stairwell. And in the stairwell are, you know, the other other two people who already gotten bounced off the show. They're Mm -hmm. just standing there. And I'm like... And the guy, the one guy looks at me and he goes, says, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know what happened. Like, I, I was like kind of, I was you really shocked. shocked. Yeah, I was really, honestly, yeah. if there ever was a real case of being shocked, that was it. So I was like, I don't know what the hell happened, man. And um, he was just like, oh, man. He goes, I can't believe it. He goes, I thought you won the show. I'm like, apparently other people did too. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. It's over. <laughs> so all of a sudden they like... The producers come in like 10 minutes later and they were like, there's been a change. Like an offer was made to one of the people. So they might go and then someone else. Might get, like there's still a chance you guys might get hired somewhere. So now we're headed back downstairs like the three reject. And they were like, we're going to bring you out. And even if the agency doesn't offer you something, one of the other two companies might. And I'm like, fuck, God, please let me get an <laughs> offer from anywhere. because I don't have a job now. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? And um we go out there and the place goes fucking nuts. And I'm like, oh, this is a good sign. And the first company goes up. That's not the agency. And they're like, oh, we like this person and this person. They made somebody a job offer who that person turned it down. And they were like, we would reoffer you the job, but not at the same salary. And now you have to come in an interview. So they made her jump through hoops. She went up not getting it. Then they were like, okay, as far as the two people that were rejected, they're like... The first person who got thrown off, nobody has a place for you. They looked at me and they're like going, we wish you the best of luck. And I'm like, you made me come down here for that, so dude. That yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we could have just been done. I don't yeah. want to be here no more. And it's not that I didn't want to be here. It's just that like I didn't want to be around anyone at that point in time. I just watched the whole world implode. <laughs> and then they looked at the other two girls that were on stage and they were like, we just want to let you know it's a tie. We want you both for the agency. And I was like. Are you kidding? The one girl being the girl who I thought was going to be kicked off first (laughs) more than anybody. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand how that can even be a thing. So the show ends. Wrap it up. We're all getting ready to leave. And I'm like, I just can't wait to go home. I'm done. Like, I'm so burnt. And we get a phone call saying we have to film a bunch of B-roll the next day. Meaning we have to go around the city and look like we're oh, walking through Central happy. Park having fun, kicking leaves, you know, yeah. whatever, chasing pigeons, just all sorts of bullshit stuff. And the majority of us were just, because only two people walked away with yeah. jobs. The other three didn't get anything. And it wasn't that I was bitter that I didn't get a job. It's just like, I don't understand what I worked so hard for. 
because I thought there would be a payoff at the end. Like and we that's were saying. exactly, that goes back to like exactly what we started the show with. Yep. Like, if you work hard, you get ahead, you get money, you get this, you get this. No, you don't. You don't. You don't get anything. Looking for a job fucking sucks. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> you don't get it. It doesn't matter if you work hard. It goes by luck. It goes by luck and other things is what it really comes down to. And those other things I'll get to. But we go out and we're going around the city and by the time we're all done, we come back and we're like going, all right. And it's like going, it's over. And we're waiting for the van to drop us off, you know, back to the hotel. And as we're driving up there, um, everybody, it starts to get heated. Like the people who didn't get jobs, the mm-hmm. two, started fighting with two people that did get jobs. Now, one of the girls should have gotten the job. Like she, she was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe not an art director title, but definitely she should have gotten in at like a designer or something sure. like that. And um, it wound up being that like when everybody started arguing, I was like, don't argue with her because she succeeded. I'm like, oh, because she did the work. She shouldn't be arguing that. You could argue with the other one who didn't do shit and somehow got hired. Who the hell knows how that happened? But don't yell at both of them because you didn't get a job and they did. You didn't get it. Fuck it, man. Move on. It's what it is. And <laughs> I remember just telling Because it's the, just that easy, right? And I remember telling the van driver, just stop. I want out. And getting out. And, like, being downtown when they were all going uptown, I was like, I don't care about my stuff, whatever. It's in the hotel. Fuck it. It doesn't make a difference. I just, I'm out. I don't want no part of it. And I stayed in touch with one of the women. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was she was there. They gave them both one-year contracts. Mm-hmm. Didn't give them any work to do. Like, hardly at all. For shit money. For shit money. Yeah, it was. I think they got, like, I don't know what it was. I'm not really even sure. <laughs> it wasn't a lot. It, it was wasn't, n- no. not not for an agency job at all. Like probably not for half an agency of what art director. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe half of what just a regular designer should be getting paid. But still, at the end of the day. But for the one who like knew jack shit, like that would have been a good salary for her. Because... It would have been because her other option would have been, you know, working in a McDonald's. Like you said, it would have <laughs> been a fast food job because that's what she was really qualified for. It wound up being that. The girl who got the job, who I thought should get the job, Mm -hmm. she wound up doing really, really well over time because she kept going to them and presenting ideas and Mm -hmm. being like, look, I'm just sitting here all day. I'm not doing anything. So here's an idea for this campaign. Here's an idea for that campaign and on and on and on. And one of them stuck where they actually wanted to use it for a Super Bowl ad, which mm-hmm. was which is huge. very, very impressive to That's go from. the Super Bowl of the advertising world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but for someone like her who didn't have that much experience, who just graduated college, her only other job outside of this was being a barista. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden she's creating ads, a campaign for the biggest possible event in the advertising world Mm -hmm. it was a huge deal so her i was very proud of so she actually would have had to extend her contract in order to like you know flush out that campaign and get credit for it Mm -hmm. she said it wasn't worth it she said i it really wasn't worth it it. i'm out she goes and says this isn't what i want to do i'm going to go back to california and be done with it like i'm out and it was like you got to be kidding me the other girl at the end of the year contract, didn't even get invited the option, back. Yeah. It was just like our contract's up, you're done. But she got to put she got to put that on her resume. But when she went to talk about it, what's she gonna say? Yeah, I sat at a desk for the last year and did absolutely nothing. So, you know, at that point, it was like, what am I gonna do? Correction officer? That's what most of my yeah, family I mean, is. Before that, like that, 
those next few months were like pretty pretty rough like it was a pretty it was a pretty rough ride it was and then i got a call from another agency and i was like look at me i'm back in the city again working for another agency and it was a fucking nightmare <laughs> dealt with a lunatic this woman would clear off her desk by throwing everything on the floor after having temper tantrums and saying all right now you guys all pick it all up and put it back the way it was and i'd be like are you serious you're an adult but this was a situation where, you know, her dad owned the agency, and then mm-hmm. over time he was going to retire, and he's like, I'll give it to you if you go to art school. So she did, and she came out of art school, and she was like, I'm taking over this agency now. And then she ran it into the ground. And she ran it into the ground. And today I believe the agency was bought out by an actual agency and just kept her on salary for however long that contract's for, and she'll be out. She basically killed her dad's business, mm-hmm. too. And now you work at a good place that you're happy at, so... So that, in the end, it all does work out, doesn't it? Does it does work out. It takes. It might take a really long time, and there might be a lot of dark days, but it does work out. <laughs> a long time, as in that whole story was a pretty long it time. It really was. Once again, the monopolizer <laughs> showed up to... <laughs> Showed up to the table. But you were a part of that whole situation, though. Was I? <laughs> you were there. You went through that hell. You know what it was like. Do you remember after the show was over going out to get, like, <laughs> we went to get Italian because it was like, what do you want to eat? And neither of us were hungry because we were both like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and we like, were, we're just broke. like, in what are we going to do now? Like, we, we were in a very, very dark place. So we went out to get Italian food because I didn't give, I was like, I don't give a shit what we eat. Like, I just mm. need to eat something. Cause, so we went like around the corner from like the hotel where you were staying because by that point we were together. So. Yeah, because it was just like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah, like, yeah, because <laughs> you didn't even know I was here. Yeah, because like you walked into the room and you're like... Hey, what? Oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we we like were just t- like so it was everything was so surreal. Like it was like people were showing up and it was like no jobs and unemployed. Yeah. It was just it was fucking very... weird. But um we went out like this little Italian place and for whatever reason we thought it would be a good idea to just get like Sangria. Sangria after sangria after sangria. And then it wanted to be Because the guy was like (laughs) pushing it. The guy, like our dinners were like so inexpensive. Like they were so inexpensive. Like we both got like just like regular Italian dinners or whatever. They were like $11 each, Yeah, like, and then we were just like, oh, we'll have a glass of sangria. Like we need it after that, you know? And then the guy was just such a salesman. He's like, oh, let me get you another glass. And we're like, oh, okay. And I heard that. Like, let me get you like as in buy, as in on the house. (laughs) And we ended up getting like, and he just kept making it seem like he was doing this for us. And then we get a fucking $90 bill for sangria. Just for sangria. Just not $90. And it was good sangria, but like. But we were broke and unemployed at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, dude, do you not know we, we were just on came my from? Little, like, we were on my like Pennsylvania salary <laughs> at that point. <laughs> good Lord, man, which is not saying a lot in the big city. No, Sorry. No, 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 no. All right, so. How about we're to the point where we should just get to a did you know? Which has to do with employment tonight. Great. Does that sound good? Sure. All right. Well, cue that music. Did you know? No matter what field you are in, we all share the same concerns when it comes to working for others. According to the National Business Research Institute, these are the top five complaints we as employees have against our employers. Number five is favoritism. Number four is underappreciation. Number three is no job security. Number two is unfair pay. And number one, surprisingly, is lack of communication. 
Really? Like, I could give a shit about lack of communication. Mm, See, I would say that's my number one, too. that would be my number one. No. That would be my number one, I think. Although I very much agree with a top spot, most of my peers would complain first about money above all else. But one has to think if you can't ever leave your work because of breakdowns in communication, what is your money really worth? I'll leave you to ponder that thought while I wrap more pennies and put an end to this week's Did You Know? Did you know? Well, that about wraps up another show. I feel more depressed now than when we started. But, yeah, I mean, like, going through that, like, this was, like, the first time I think we've talked about, like, that whole experience, like, after the fact. Because it was just such a dark period. But... It's a dark period that probably wouldn't have gotten us where we are right now. True. You know, we would have gotten here without that. True. And I would say out of all the things that we've gone through, like job wise, we are in better shape now than we have ever been before. That's me knocking wood. Knockwood. We're very superstitious folk. No, seriously, though, would you not say that like employment wise, this is probably the best we have been? Mm-hmm. Happiness-wise, money-wise, um, you know, being taken care of as far as, like, companies looking out for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hours sometimes get a little bit crazy for both of us. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you still have enough time off where you can do stuff. Yeah. I mean, I and it's it works. And, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I, I like what I'm doing. It's teaching me. It's teaching this old dog new tricks, you know, and... And you have to go forward. And it's getting me out of that comfort zone because, like, I am so topsy-turvy right now that, like, I have no idea what day this is. You know what I mean? Like, my days are just, like, one, like, it's like it's broken up by, like, a nap here, a nap there. <laughs> like, everything is just, like. You've turned into a cat, I, I basically. Have. I basically have. <laughs> well, the good news is, is that you have the opportunity to take a nap in a place that you can afford and you don't have to worry about, like, stuff that we used to have to worry about in the past. Yeah. So, everything's good. For f- people out there now thinking about changing jobs, I would say... Remember, it could be worse if you listen to Tom talking. <laughs> it could be really worse. <laughs> That's right. Buy the book. It will eventually be done. It's all about <laughs> shitty employment opportunities. <laughs> See, Nikki knows all this because she's editing the book. One day when she finishes it, people will read it, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you call a, a dig i wouldn't say it it's a, a well-placed dig because it was like i saw as soon as your mouth opened i yeah, knew where well, you were going with it but as as you said employment show you had a new that the book about employment was going to get mentioned <laughs> at some point but watch for it we'll be writing about it we will be and if you're looking for a job this new year please dress the part of the job that you want to get and like it doesn't seriously like i think a huge thing we put so much effort into my wardrobe for my current job like for that interview because it was like dude (laughs) one job was like the time bomb was ticking like it was ticking more than it ever had before because like I knew it was ticking for a long time but like the clock was in its final minutes at this point it was like (laughs) you like this was like you know we had a lot riding on it we did and we put so much into like just just accouchement for this, like, for this job, for this outfit. And it worked. It totally did. So be professional, dress the part, like, don't go in there in jeans and then wonder why you're not getting a call back. You might get a call back, but is it really for the job that you're going to want? Most likely not. 
like come years down the road, think future wise. Mm-hmm. It sucks to wear a tie, but come on, dude, put one on. Yeah, your girlfriend will like the way you look. I heard some things. <laughs> <laughs> or boyfriend, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> your significant other will like the way you look. True, especially <laughs> in this field. So, <laughs> so with that said, go get a job, you jamook. That's it, man, and happy New Year's to you all. Find us at uh, highregardshow.com if you want to check out our, what, written rants, or you can write to us yourselves at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can also find us on all social media outlets as High Regard Show. And check out new shows every Monday. Every Monday. And um, until that time... Until you next enjoy Monday. your job while we do our jobs. This really is the best job. If it, this was a real job, this would be the best job. It would probably be better, too. <laughs> it would, <laughs> I know I'd pay myself better if we had real money, that's for sure. And more time off and better benefits. Can, and, does favoritism work if you're the if you're like the owner of the company and you favor yourself? No. It doesn't work that way? No, because no. you might actually get your dog and that would be the president. <laughs> oh. oh, if only. Good night, everybody. 